Rebecca Monet with Zorical Profiles. This, 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 this is, is, is Diversified diverse game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have the CEO of Zoric Profiles, Rebecca Monet. Doesn't that just sound like she's an artist? But she's an artist in franchising, and she is very, very equipped to take you down the road of franchising, whether you're new or you're just interested. So make sure you take some notes, rewind, people. We're going to get into it. Miss Rebecca, how are you doing today? I'm fabulous. What what a fabulous day. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Blessed by the best. Can you tell the people Zoric Profiles, you know, for someone who says franchise, I've heard about such a thing. I mean, McDonald's and all these things. But what does Zoric Profiles do with that franchise owner or those that, you know, are just interested and they want to learn more? So Zorco Profiles, we provide profiling tools to franchisors and to franchise brokers that helps facilitate a right fit between a prospective franchisee and a franchise uh, concept. So franchising um, is a business model that works, but it really does require the right person within that particular franchise concept. So Zorgo looks at the individual to see if they have what it takes, A, to be a business owner, and B, if so, what business is the right business for them, where they're going to have the highest likelihood of success, where they're going to have the highest likelihood of being content and fulfilled and, and stay with that concept. So we help the broker, we help the franchisor, and most importantly, we help that future business owner make wise and informed decisions about what's a good business for them. And, and with this profile, I have taken it, this profile has told me things that I have not thought of, or maybe I wasn't even thinking about. And I've taken it almost every type of test from your local to your state government um, in the past. And I'm like, wow, but I got the data and I got to see why many of those jobs said, no, you're not the right fit. Um, you're too, you're too, you know, in space, whatnot, maybe. Um, tell the folks your, you know, background on even putting such a great profile together to give entrepreneurs and creatives um, clarity and what their strengths and their weaknesses are. Like you just didn't, you know, think of this yesterday. No. What's your background in, in this? So my background actually was as a therapist. I know that sounds kind of bizarre. And I worked only with business owners and I was fascinated with the stuff you know, that gray matter between the ears and what caused some people to be successful in business and others uh, to struggle. So I have studied uh, human behavior, specifically human performance within business for 30 plus years. And I've always used psychographic assessments to help dig in to discover more about who that human being is. What do they value? What motivates them? What drives them? What is their why? I want to know 
um, where they are in terms of the skill sets, because every business requires, I think, eight different skill sets. And sometimes we possess some and sometimes we don't possess some. Maybe we're great sales and marketers, but we're terrible at customer service or we're not good at keeping the, the financial and operational side of the business and our books. Whatever it is, we're talented in various uh, ways. So psychographics has been part of what I've been doing since the mid to late 80s. But this particular assessment is built specifically as it relates to where someone's going to be the most successful in business. So it looks at values, it looks at culture, it looks at stage of growth of where someone would fit. Are they better starting something and inventing it themselves and being kind of a wild, crazy entrepreneur? Should they be partnering with others or should they be in a uh, buy a going concern and be in a business where they just step into it and they continue to run it and to escalate it to the next level? Should they instead be franchisees that are in a very highly developed franchise organization? So we're looking at specifically, where does someone fit? How can we use their God-given talents and who they are as a human being and plug them into a business that makes sense for who they are so they can have the kind of lifestyle that they want, whether that's freedom or control or flexibility, whatever it is, where are they going to be a good fit? Nothing worse next in choosing the, the wrong uh, life partner than choosing a business or getting involved in a business and putting your heart, soul, and money into something. And it just is not the right fit for you. That causes all kinds of drama trauma that I don't want to be a part of. I'd rather see people be successful. And so, you know, focusing on so many entrepreneurs throughout the years, would you say percentage wise, it's like 95%, you know, if you are honest on the assessment that if it says you like to start things, but you might want to sell once you hit a cap, because in that assessment, I can see that you're going to have a heart attack or it's possible that you have a heart attack. Um, what's the percentage on something like that for that stubborn entrepreneur who says, no, it's just getting good. I hit, you know, I've never thought I'd get to this level. I want to take it to the next, but your assessment tells me I should probably sell this because I'm going to burn it down to the ground. Yeah. And, and there's some of us that are initiators, right? We are great at the conceptual piece. We got idea a minute. We are natural kind of risk takers. And we enjoy that whole process of taking something that's just an imagination and bringing it to fruition. But once the business gets to a place where there's 40 employees and I'm having to deal with customer service issues and you know, software issues and operational stuff. And now all of a sudden, this gifting that we have, which is to be an idea person, you know, kind of that create a unique brand person, then you're in a business where you're being dragged down. It's no longer a good fit. 
So it's not uncommon for what I call the initiator, the idea person, somebody that creates a brand to build it to a certain level. And what is wise for them is to sell it to someone who is more of a manager, someone who is better at replicating, scaling, growing, and managing the business and putting people together to grow it to the next level. And then you go on and you build something again, and you take it for a few years. Not everyone is going to do the same business for 30 years. Not all of us are wired that way. Some of us are true initiators, true entrepreneurs, and we have a life expectancy of that business to be three years, five years, seven years. And we need to be in tune to ourselves to know that before boredom sits in or before the performance starts to go down. We need to position it where it has equity upon exiting, or it has some residual legacy income. But if we know who we are deep down, then we can plan our businesses so we can do uh, just that. We can exit at the high. What is it? I don't remember who said it, but I think it was Zsa Zsa Gabor who said, you always leave the party at the height of the party. So they notice that you are gone. And that's what you want to do with the business also. And I tell you guys all the time, business is much like dating. So if your mind goes and says, hold on, I'm a great first and second date. It's the relationship that I have a part, uh, problem with because I have so much love I need to give to the world. Yes, you are the one who probably need to be, you know, um, single. But in business, these assessments, I definitely think could help you. And if you guys want to take these assessments, I'm definitely going to have the contact information, whether you're listening or you're watching. And you can always, as you know, reach out to me because we are working with Rebecca and her company. We're just starting trying to put something together, especially for those of you who, you know, have this, I want to build a business here and then retire maybe somewhere else. Mm -hmm. What, you know, with this profile, people are so worried about like their data being sold. I can tell people right now, don't ask me if I'm going to sell your data. Um, we're going to collect it and we never know what we're going to do because the government could take it. So I, I can't tell you what's going to happen with data, right? Government does what it wants to do. But do, should people worry about being so vulnerable and saying so much about themselves and how they are? And could that data be used for something, you know, negatively? I can't think of anything, but I don't have my mad scientist hat on. But yeah. just for those who are worried, please give them the game on that. So this, this is a psychographic assessment. Um, there's very little demographic information that's being uh, provided. We are collecting your email and your name. And the reason we need your email is so we can send you uh, the report. So we will not sell, lease, rent, uh, and do anything with your data. It is for your eyes only to discover who you are as a business owner or soon to be a business owner. Now you can opt in to certain options if you want, but um, if you choose not to do that, naturally your, your information is completely private. Now, <laughs> I mean, you gotta at least give us your email, right? That, so we can get you a report, but that's pretty much all we need from you. And is this for um, the entrepreneur or even if someone's thinking about it, because some folks will say, well, if there's a fee to it or, you know, if it's going to take maybe too much time, maybe it's not for me because I don't make, you know, 
5000 $10,000 in my business yet? Can you start with, you know, just an idea and fill this um, profile out? Uh, that's probably the best time to do it. So you don't choose the wrong business. You don't get involved in a business that is not going to be suited to you. So the earlier you take the assessment, the more you're going to know about who you are. Now, of course, we have uh, potential business owners that may already have uh, a business or their successful corporate employees thinking about diversifying their portfolios by buying a business or doing something. So any place within that continuum is a good place, including I'm thinking about selling a business. So the assessment will give you some uh, great ideas about who you are and what business you should start or what business you should buy or what business you should partner in. Uh, but it also give you some great information about your strengths and weaknesses if you're already in business, kind of your blind spots. So you can hire to those gaps or you can put systems and processes in place that prevent you from, you know, having those gaps show up um, in your business and causing you any kind of uh, financial concerns. So any place within that from I just got this great idea to I'm thinking about buying another business because I just want to expand my portfolio. I want to diversify my portfolio. And what would you say, you know, for, for that person who's saying, okay, well, I can do this at any stage. I've done a Google search. I see maybe I can even, you know, buy a business for, you know, $10,000 and up. You do a quick Google search, folks. Um, what would you say is the average cost of buying a franchise? And are people using their own money to do that? Are they taking VC or, you know, loans from the bank? So um, franchising is always a great option, especially if you're a first time uh, business owner, because they bring the systems and processes and the branding uh, to the table. They do the research and development. They have things in place where basically you embrace that system and you grow it and you pay attention to your local marketplace and you provide the services in your uh, particular local uh, market. So it's always a great option, especially the first time out as a business owner. So um, I always recommend getting a look at who you are first to know what franchise uh, is a good fit for you. Because as you pointed out, they range anything from you can get into something for $15,000 up to $3 million. And so depending on uh, the cash that you have available. Now, I got to tell you, the amount of money you pay for a franchise does not equate to how much money you're going to make. So it's important that you understand where you're a good fit and take a look at what your risk factors are financially, relationally, socially, uh, in, in any other way, because with the amount that you invest doesn't always mean I'm going to be more successful if I bought a business that was 200000 versus 25000 So it's about fit. It's kind of like wearing the right size shoes. You're going to run a great race if you are wearing the right size shoes. But if you're not, it doesn't matter what type of shoes that is. It could be the high brand out there, the coolest thing ever. 
But if it's not a good fit for you, you're going to struggle. So it's so important. It's the old saying, you know, know thyself, right? You know, know thyself before you choose any kind of business. And since you have, you know, a, a, a resume, it's not just say, oh, let me have an idea and you put something together based on experience. With all the success that you've had already and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? So it's so interesting because I'm what we call a societal. I'm all about making a difference. And I'm all about using my wisdom, my experience, my knowledge and edifying others, helping others uh, make wise decisions. Having been in the franchise space, having been an entrepreneur, sold a couple of businesses myself, I know the pain and suffering that people have to their families, to their to their bank accounts, if they get into the wrong business, whether they start it and it's just not a good fit, or they buy a going concern or they buy a franchise. So it really is this crazy passion that I have to help people avoid these kinds of mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur. It doesn't mean you're not wired to be a business owner. It's about the right business for who you are. And then putting the players and the systems in place to support whatever that business uh, is. So for me, it's about solving a problem, making sure that the business owner uh, is going to be successful, going to be fulfilled, is able to provide for his uh, family, is able to have the kind of lifestyle he or she uh, wants. That to me is what drives me morning and night. I don't want to hear stories about people struggling. I don't want to hear stories about why did I make that decision? I don't want to hear struggles uh, between husbands and wives and uh, partners. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear I made the right decision. I'm using my God-given talents. I'm able to contribute to society, to my local community and make a difference. That's what makes me happy. And, and that's such a, I mean, it's knowing your purpose and, and knowing what you want to wake up and do every day. When you created this business, did you get any support? We hear so many times entrepreneurs not even having a support system, especially something like this. People say, oh, you're crazy. You want to do what? And you want to do it with entrepreneurs. And, you know, entrepreneurs, the first thing they do, they don't have time. Then they don't have money, um, they, you know, because they're spending it on something else. What, you know, what is like, what was the support or how crazy did people think you were when you said you wanted to create this business? It's so funny, right? Because many entrepreneurs are lone rangers, right? Uh, Being an entrepreneur is one of the loneliest things a a human being can experience, at least in those first few months or or years. And then when you have a certain level of success, you've got friends all over the place, right? They're coming, they want in, they want a job, they want this, they want that. But those first few years, and this is why it's so important to know who you are, if you have that kind of grit, that kind of tenacity, 
capacity, that kind of commitment, that kind of belief in whatever product or service or business you're creating, that you go through those lonely uh, moments when there isn't support and people are saying, what are you thinking? And you've put your whole life savings into this. For me, I sold a, a home to fund this particular business. I went through unbelievable uh, obstacles along uh, the way. And maybe someday, uh, Kellen, you and I can talk about it. But now that I'm on the other side of it with a very successful business, helping others run very successful businesses, all of a sudden, I got mentors and coaches and people and support, you know, and cheerleaders. I'm like, where were you? <laughs> you know, seven years ago, where were you? Uh, so I do think I think it's kind of a, a common thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, entrepreneurs are frequently um, lone rangers, at least for a while. You guys heard it. So if you're feeling lonely, I'm so lonely. I can hear Alvin and the chipmunk singing it still. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's it. Because Rebecca, for me, I'm the entrepreneur, at least for the consulting business. Whenever I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. It sounds like a toy yeah. brat, but I take my clients in and put them into things where they can kind of handle that and you can handle the fee and I'll manage it. And I might not be getting the bulk of the money, but I'm okay with that as long as you manage it. So like re real soon, I'll be going to, you know, on a trip for a few weeks with my family. I don't have to worry about business. Everything is put together the pieces, the people mm -hmm. you need to talk to when I'm not there. And I don't, there's, you know, you can call me on my bat phone, but it costs <laughs> to do that. So I just want people to know, getting to know yourself, using, you know, platforms like this, it can help so you can figure out who you are and it can confirm. Rebecca told me all my little quirks. And I'm like, wow, did she really know me? Like, have I met her? You know, did I, maybe I met her at that one, that one spot. I won't say what it is over here because, <laughs> but for those who know, um, you know, maybe I met her there, but she really ran it down. And I said, okay, I'm not crazy. And that is me, but it works for me. So right. that's that. What would you want to leave an entrepreneur, a future franchiser out there? Um, what would you leave them with? Any words of encouragement or advice? Because I'm sure you see like mistakes that they always do. And you're like, stop doing this. Oh my gosh, what a great question. Well, first off to your uh, point about being an entrepreneur is, is lonely. You know, in today's virtual world and with platforms like what you have, Kellen, um, there are opportunities to connect with other kind of crazy people like yourself, right, that, that are going to push the envelope and, and build a business. So I would recommend creating your tribe is finding your tribe, a place where you can feel uh, supported and encouraged with others who've been there slightly ahead of you, not so far ahead that it feels almost insurmountable, but slightly ahead of you where you can see uh, where you are going. So plug in as fast as you can, because it is exhausting uh, those first few months, those first few years. But I can tell you this much, it's worth it. It is so worth it. And then the second thing that I would recommend, and there's all kinds of research on this, and as a scientist, I'm always interested in this, 
is you got to be good at delayed gratification. You got, this is the one marker. If I was going to say there's a marker that's going to let me know someone's going to be successful is the ability to set a big bodacious goal and then do whatever is necessary through grit and tenacity and commitment and optimism and belief in yourself to get to that result, knowing it's not going to happen tomorrow. We're in a society, in my belief, Kellen, that is all about instant gratification. And if you're going to run a business and build a business that's sustainable, scalable, it's not going to be instant gratification. So develop this muscle of of grit, which includes the ability to delay gratification, whether that's uh, spending money that you don't have or working that extra hour, whatever it takes, these things are required no matter what business uh, you go into is the ability to delay gratification and to uh, develop some grit, just some rock and roll grit. We really saw that during the COVID times where, you know, everyone's saying, you know, we saw more businesses blossom off of a PPP loan. They thought they were going to forgive and more people at stores buying things, you know, like, hold on, this is the time to buckle down. My grandmother, thank God she's still alive. She, I could hear her voice. No, you don't need anything new. This whole thing, I've seen this before. Um, save money, it won't spoil. So definitely delayed gratification. Do you have any tips on or tricks on how you delay gratification, you know, just personally? So I think the key with delayed gratification is to break things down into small, I call it chunking down, where you take this big bodacious goal and you chunk it down into smaller components, right? So when you reach that particular smaller piece of the bigger piece, you can get a sense of satisfaction. I I hit that marker. I hit that marker. I think sometimes what happens is we have such a big bodacious goal that um, we don't take time to celebrate until we hit that goal. I say celebrate, you know, even if it's just a glass of wine with your spouse, whatever it takes are those littler uh, goals. It's the idea of reverse engineering, right? So where do I want to go? What's the end in mind? And what are the 17 steps to get there? And then every time you take a step, you acknowledge it, right? I call it the cycle of success. Once you acknowledge it, it gives you the passion and the drive and the purpose to go to the next step and the next step and the next step. But if you don't take a breather until you've gotten through all 17 steps, you're going to be exhausted, right? So Delayed gratification, but reward yourself along each of those steps. Create a reverse engineered process. What do I need to do to get where I want to go? Who needs to be in my camp, right? What processes do I need to put in place? Do I need to hire an attorney, a CPA, a marketing person? What do I need to do to get where I need to go? And then celebrate at each point. Wow, you guys got it. I to this day, there's people tease me. I say I really want these shrimp. I said, get them. Can't get them. Haven't hit a goal. <laughs> can't do it. You know. And sometimes people, if you can't buy it twice, don't buy it once. I heard that on a Judge Mathis uh, 
episode, you know, in full disclosure. But uh, <laughs> I thank you for, <laughs> for coming on and sharing these tips. You guys want to tackle problems, do get 1% better each day. Do that by going at least clicking on the link. Go learn something new. And if you have questions, you know, fill out the forms, do what you got to do, ask all the questions. It doesn't cost you. Now, this may cost you, right? It may cost you. Everybody's not telling who has influencers who can impact businesses. I get it. I'm special. I get it. But, it may, you know, the information on the beautiful laid out site can help you. Thank you, Rebecca, for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You guys have been blessed by the game. Make sure if you do nothing else, you share this with somebody, it will change their life. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African. I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.